Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. I want to welcome you to our good news segment, and this really is good news. Many of you over 10 years ago, we launched 50 Shades of Green. And we were out and about at these expos and we were talking about what does it mean to make behavioral changes in our lives. We were at the very, very, very baby step level. This was back then when people were still not understanding to take your plastic and recycle it. But I gotta tell you, in 10 plus years, the world has changed. And the world has changed so much that now we're starting to see innovations that not only look at how to create a better, greener world, but make sure we take care of the treatment of our animals. And this is what this is about today. Um, joining me here is Sienna Martz, and she is campaign coordinator, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. That is what you've heard me talk about, PETA. Sienna, great to have you. Hi, yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Look, I can take you back in time and I could tell you what it was like when myself and a, and a couple of my friends, we organized and orchestrated this live uh, expo event called Go Green. And back in the day, it was really quite an astonishing to get out in public. And honestly, I wish we did more and more in that again, because what you're talking about would have been something absolutely at the top of what we would be talking about. But ta this is really, this is something that people don't know about. It's the vegan fashion revolution. Yeah, so, you know, over the past four decades, PETA, we've had thousands of victories, and many of which have really shifted the fashion industry towards a more ethical and sustainable future. And in recent years, the momentum against cruel and environmentally toxic animal-derived materials is just growing around the world. And there are so many stylish, warm, and durable vegan options available everywhere that there's just no reason to support industries that harm animals and the environment. I want to ask you this question, excuse me, from your, from your perspective. When you took this on, where did you begin? I mean, the, the obvious, the obvious uh, observation, if I might say, might be at leather production or leather. But I'm not sure that that's completely it. Give us a rundown of where you've been, where you are, and where you're going. Well, I, you know, personally what brought me into the vegan lifestyle was I saw one of PETA's affiliates, PETA Asia, their investigation into a fur farm. And it absolutely shocked me and is what inspired me to transition into this lifestyle. And, you know, the public is increasingly turning to vegan materials, including faux fur, 
and faux leather. And, you know, they're identifying sustainability as a key factor when they're choosing what brands they want to support and buy. And so we're seeing as consumers, especially young consumers, are becoming more aware that animals are individuals with feelings and they're learning that animals are violently abused and killed for their skins and their fur. Consumers are choosing clothing and accessories that are ethically produced as well as functional, stylish, and just better for the environment. So, you know, any designer that doesn't want to be left behind by conscious consumers should really be transitioning towards ethical vegan materials. I mean, are you finding, and, and I'm just kind of like a, going off track a little bit, but not really. Are you finding that people, uh, uh, once people find out about what the alternatives are, that they're very open to it? I think half the time, Sienna, I think half the time, people just don't know that there are other options. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, with recent textile advancements, there's just a vast array of vegan options for every single industry and more and more consumers are being educated and informed about these advancements and also learning about, you know, how industries that use and kill animals for clothing are just cruel and environmentally toxic. So, you know, these vegan options are typically made with eco-friendly plants and recycled synthetics, including hemp, cotton, uh, recycled polyester, and even fruits. When, when we think about this, right, it opens up two, two areas for me to think about. First of all, it opens up a whole new line of economic growth for whoever really jumps on this. And I really mean jumps on it, not just, you know, dilly dallies around. And there are some places that are jumping on it. But more importantly, what is it that we have to do? from the ground up because you you and i both know well at least i know for as old as i am most of the movements that i've been part of really start at the ground up what can we do to create momentum for this well i think that compassionate shoppers no longer need to wait for retailers to do the right thing they can really make a difference every single day by leaving leather, fur, and other animal-derived materials out of their wardrobes and instead choose from the dozens of beautiful and fully functional vegan materials that are out there. And it's just so much easier nowadays for consumers to identify what products are vegan and what designers and brands or retailers are supporting vegan fashion. Okay, from your perspective, if people were to, I mean, we're getting ready for the holiday season, you know what I'm saying? And as we get ready for the holiday season, I mean, we all know um, this is the time where we can make conscious choices, make decisions like this. What would you say to people uh, that are listening to this show to say, look, there's another way to do it? How, How is it that you're getting the message out there? Is it through your website? Uh, are you providing options for people? Give us some information. Yeah, you know, so holiday shoppers and, you know, the holiday season is a time for love and connecting with your family and the community. And, you know, we are encouraging folks to check out our website at PETA.org to learn about how they can shop vegan and support more humane and cruelty-free, environmentally friendly materials and designers and industries. And, you know, 
through our website, our investigations, um, you know, our campaigns, and also social media, we're able to reach millions of people to inform them about, mm. you know, the fact that every single year, millions of animals are killed for the yeah. clothing industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's, it's, you know, here's the thing that I know when, when I first uh, was educated by several of my friends, the word killed was an understatement. You know, th- there was nothing honorable about the pace and the rate by which we are literally abusing, destroying, and the cruelty we are showing towards animals just so we can put something on our backs. And I think that's the expose that I think if you ever saw uh, any film clips of that, boy, we would think twice, don't you think? It really, it is shocking, and more people than ever before are really being educated about the cruelty. And, you know, animals suffer and die by the hundreds of millions in the fashion industry. And foxes, rabbits, and other animals, including dogs and cats, are, you know, they spend their entire lives in tiny cramped wire cages on fur farms before they're being electrocuted gas and poisoned and in the leather industry cows routinely have their throat slit and their skin literally ripped off while they're still fully conscious and you know our investigations have also found that workers violently tear sheep leaving gaping wounds before the sheep are sent to slaughter when they're considered no longer profitable um, you know in other industries like the down industry you know, ducks and geese have their feathers ripped out while they are actually screaming in pain. And, you know, exotic animals like alligators and snakes are routinely shot, bludgeoned, and skinned alive. So with so many vegan options available everywhere, there is just no excuse to trap, breed, or kill animals for fashion or honestly for any other reason. Well, I know your time is short. I, I know you're going from here to there and everywhere. Um, I want to ask you one more time, please give out the website. And then I want to ask you what your personal message is, what, what you'd like to share with people as a call to action today. Well, for anyone who's interested in learning more about PETA's work, our campaigns, our investigations, or learning more about vegan fashion, they can visit our website at PETA.org, which is P-E-T-A dot O-R-G. And, you know, in today's world with virtually unlimited choices, exploiting animals is just, it's simply unacceptable. Mm. And every aspect of life from what we wear to what we eat to how we're educated and how we entertain ourselves it all can be improved if we don't torture and kill animals. And so we all have the power to spare animals excruciating pain by making compassionate choices about our buying habits, our food, and the activities that we support. Mm. Well, I want to thank you for all that you're doing. One last time for the website, if you don't mind. Absolutely. It's uh, peter.org. P-E-T-A dot O-R-G. And you can learn tons of information about all of PETA's initiatives and learning more about vegan fashion. 
Yeah, and what I want to say is, you know, we're doing this in plenty of time, Sienna. So there are people that are thinking about, wow, what should I do for the holiday? How should I get it? What should I get? I mean, let's have an opportunity to think twice about all of that. Sienna, thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Let's take a short break, everybody. And boy, I can't get enough of the information and the great work Pete is doing. They are just and have always been out front always let's take a short break we'll be right back the preceding audio was via a skype call did you know that all of the shows on the transformation radio network are available as podcasts to stream or download really check us out go to transformationradio.fm we have business shows spiritual shows energy healing shows and pretty much everything in between Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Your money is your creational energy when you feed your wealth back into what you love. It signals your choices and returns to you. Tune in to Money Momentum with host Karen Baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash in your pocket. Realign the things you can't see to get the results you can see. Listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are. For more information on Karen and Money Momentum, visit soulwhispers.uk. Your eternal purpose is calling out to you each and every day. Are you listening? Tune in to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete Cafarcio every first and third Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be your authentic self and live the life that you were destined for. Learn practical tools to discover your purpose and conquer other fears that keep you stuck in a life of mediocrity. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Hey, everybody, I got to tell you, my favorite topic, let me tell you why this is my favorite topic, because many of you know this, I was homeless once in my life. So whenever I get an opportunity to talk with somebody that is providing an opportunity for people to have a home, it's emotional for me, but it's also practical. And today, Kathy Cummings is joining me here today, SVP home ownership solutions and affordable mm -hmm. housing programs at Bank of America. And I got to tell you, um, I do a number of these interviews because I am passionate mm -hmm. about opportunities that Bank of America is providing for people, not just in this arena. We have done many, many calls with them, but this one, this is important. For those of you out there that have turned your head and are thinking, I am never going to be able to afford it, how could it work for me? What should we know about it? But this is the time for you to listen to what the new results are of study and what the opportunities are. So I'm excited, Kathy. Tell us about this today. And, and you got to know that this is seriously important to me. Yeah, absolutely, Dr. Patton. You really hit the nail on the head. Um, I think a lot of folks have said, 
I can't envision homeownership because of the obstacles, having to save up for the down payment and closing cost assistance. And, you know, that's really where Bank of America um, has stepped up and we've made a $5 billion commitment to homeownership to help 20,000 uh, potential home buyers who otherwise wouldn't be able to become homeowners um, help with their down payment assistance and help with their closing costs. And we have a 3% down mortgage out there. So we're trying to find solutions. And, you know, knowing Seattle, um, it is very expensive there. So um, you guys need all of the help that you can get. And we're happy to, to step in and fill that void. And it can be used with other programs that are supported and available within your market either from nonprofit partners or um, state housing agencies, et cetera. So we really are thrilled to be able to offer some solutions. And the reason why it's important, you really touched on several of them, but, you know, the, the wealth building potential of owning a home. Um, I know here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live, the rents have increased um, over 6% year over year uh, for the last five years. So when you think about getting into a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, that can really help um, with your budgeting as well as with your sustainability. And 93% of the folks within our Homebuyer Insights report um, have reported that they're happier because they became a homeowner. And 83% said they wouldn't go back to renting. So those numbers are, are you know, astonishing. Well, you know, when I think about this, and you said something very important, uh, we're almost at the point in Seattle where somebody's going to have to do what they did in New York City and look at some kind of rental kind of situation here, because you nailed it. Um, with that 3% rate for home ownership, um, the mortgage comparison to rental when you look at the monthly payments, and this is out of the latest studies that came out about renting here, the latest studies, you actually can save anywhere from 30 to 40% because the rental rates are so high here. But more importantly, you're investing in your future. And I think that is something we should talk about. Yeah, and I think it goes beyond just your financial investment. Yeah. It's your emotional investment right. as well. Yeah. It's a place to call home. It's a place to raise your family, to entertain. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, one of the things that really struck me within the report is 88% of homeowners agree that buying a home is the best decision that they ever made. So, um, you know, I don't think that they should share that with their spouse, but because um, uh, they might hurt their feelings. But I would say that it's second on my list as far as the best decision I ever made. Um, but, you know, it, it really does create a sense of security and a sense of pride of homeownership. Um, what are some of the uh, things that homeowners are saying now about, you know, that experience of buying and owning a home? You know, let, let's talk about the happy factor if we could. Oh, absolutely. 82% have said that um, the satisfaction with owning a home helped them spend time, more time on their hobbies and passions. 
since purchasing a home. So when we broke down the categories, there's landscaping and gardening, 47%, um, cooking, baking, and grilling, 45%, and interior design and remodeling, 33%. So when you think about, you know, when you rent, um, it's rare that you're even allowed to have a barbecue grill, right? So that's not even um, an option. So um, interior design and remodeling, you're not allowed to make those modifications within a rental unit. And if you do, you're throwing your money away, um, essentially. Uh, So, you know, certainly it gives you that freedom and that flexibility to um, enjoy your your life a little bit more in those categories as well. Well, I think part of this too is, you know, and what we're finding is people are more and more wanting to have gatherings and bring people into their homes and celebrate life. Um, But, you know, there are other things. Um, I was talking to a couple of my friends, believe it or not, we have quite the, let's say, farming community here and what i mean by that is urban where we have more people that want to grow their own organic vegetables and i mean this is really a unique place when i think about it um is this the time let's talk about where we are now because i i walked in uh, you know to the bank the other day and i took a look at the interest rate uh not just on this but on uh home equity loans and i'm like whoa that what well i couldn't even remember the last time the rates were what they are but what does that provide people with i mean let's just talk i know i don't want to put you on the spot but let's just talk about what that means and let's just talk about what bank of america has created to motivate facilitate and accelerate home ownership for people yeah absolutely so in the uh... The benefit of having low interest rates right now, it gives you buying power. It allows you to afford um, more house. And, you know, one of the things that I always coach people on is don't max out the most you can afford, but find that comfortable payment. And, you know, a good starting place is what you're paying in rent. See what the comparable mortgage payment would be and what that equates to in the um, uh in the area of buying a house. Make sure that you get the information that you need to make the right decision for you. So as a for instance, if you know that you're probably going to move within a year or two, it might not be a good financial investment. That doesn't mean that you can't do it if it makes sense for you and your lifestyle and what you want to do. Um, but just know that, you know, the longer that you can stay in that home and build that stability and invest in your community, invest in your home um, and your family's future, it, the better off you're going to be, the happier you're going to be, according to our survey. So, you know, there's a lot of emotional benefit in, in addition to the financial benefits. But really starting with that team of trusted advisors is what I would suggest that people do. So there's really three key partners that you could have in this relationship. You're going to have your lending officer who can help you with your mortgage and figuring out um, what's affordable for you and what you qualify for. You're going to have the realtor who can help you with the shopping and make sure you get a buyer's agent, meaning they're going to represent you. They're not going to represent the seller's best interest. And then finally, if you need help with your credit or just want to explore all of the different programs that are out there, 
to help you with your down payment and closing costs. Um, the U.S. government has a website, HUD.gov, that's H-U-D dot G-O-V. You go to that website under resources, you can find housing counseling agencies. Now, these are funded by the federal government um, for the purpose of helping uh, consumers um, figure out how to get those solutions and that help for um, buying a home or just help with their finances overall. And this team can work together in um, helping you along your, your path to home ownership. They're going to give you advice on where to buy, how to buy, what to look out for, and all of those danger pitfalls that you want to make sure that you're avoiding. What is the best way for people to understand what Bank of America uh, is, is, is doing and how they can be part of that. Because I want to be clear that people heard the number, not 5 million, 5 billion. And I think that's important for people to understand what your partnership is in this. Oh, absolutely. So $5 billion community home ownership commitment. Um, if you go to bankofamerica.com first home, slash first home, you can learn about our 3% down payment um, mortgage as well as the proprietary programs that we have for down payment assistance and closing cost assistance. Now, to, to find someone to help you on your journey with Bank of America, you can go to bankofamerica.com slash mortgage or call 800-763-4820. And if you want to learn more about the Homebuyers Insight Report, you can go to bankofamerica.com slash homebuyersreport. I love it. One last question. Thank you for all of this. What's your personal message, Kathy? What do you want to leave us with today? My personal message and what I've been trying to convince people to do is do not rule out home ownership as an option because you're intimidated by it or you think that you'll never qualify. Make sure that you do the homework and do the research and find out if and how home ownership fits within your financial plan. Awesome. Thank you so very much for everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Have a great day. You too. Thank you, everybody. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Preceding audio was via a Skype call. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death from debilitating pain and loss Follow Angie Corbett Kuyper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss 
every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Hey, everybody. Yep, it is that time of year. And, you know, look, many of us are thinking, ah, we got to do this with the family. We got to do that with the family. But you know what? Here's the deal. It's at the holiday season. It's time to have some fun. It's time to show some appreciation. Tom Segura is joining me here today. Stand-up comedian, writer, actor, and podcaster. And we're going to talk about, yeah, this is the time to get you some holly and be super jolly. All right. Like Tom, right? We need to flip this around. If people are thinking, eh, I think I'm going to hang around. I got to be sad, kind of be blue. And boy, do I know what that feels like. But you've got a different message for us, don't you? Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm definitely the person who would normally um, make fun of everything. <laughs> and I obviously crack jokes for a living. I'm super sarcastic. But this kind of came about in a very organic way yeah. with Sam Adams created this campaign and I saw a bunch of my comedian friends participating and it just seemed like fun. It was a, it was a spin on the, on the normal um, negative kind of culture that we, I feel like we kind of all mm-hmm. live in. And it was a chance to express something positive, express gratitude mm-hmm. to people who are meaningful to you. And a lot of times we forget to tell them, yeah. So that's what this is all about. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I learned along the way to being me, and I think I learned this uh, during my homeless uh, days when I was 17, um, gratitude is so much more than a word. It is an enormous energy. And once upon a time in my journey, I, I was asked to try to be in the space of gratitude, meaning grateful for any number of things and then be afraid at the same time. Energetically, it's impossible. So your message today of really bringing this forward is an enormous way to not just shift perspectives, but we have so much here to be grateful about, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of times everybody forgets that, you know, because there's always like this, this narrative here, I would say here meaning just, in the States where we have like this, the race to get ahead, to get the next thing, to get the next toy, the promotion. Like, I don't, I wish I have this, but I wish I had more. And, you know, if you can get caught up in that and forget how amazing your life can be. I mean, I'm definitely somebody like that who I have an awesome life, but I forget to stop and uh, be grateful for it. So I feel like this, this whole campaign kind of highlighted that for me, which uh, I'm, I'm grateful for it, you know, just to be reminded that I have this great life and great family and career and I should just stop and go, mm. you know, I'm, I'm appreciative. You know, let's talk about what gratitude is for a moment, if we could. I think it's one of those words 
where um, I think it falls in the category of forgiveness, where it is one of the mi uh, most misunderstood words, but the energy of it, when you hear people talk about gratitude and you can feel it from them, has certain meaning. What does this come to mean for you? And what is the this particular interview series you're doing? What is the energy and the movement that you want to instill? I mean, gratitude for me is about slowing down and taking a moment to recognize what you have. Instead of thinking about what you don't have, it's what you do have. And, you know, for me, the more I think about it, the more I realize that I am, I have so much. I'm really a really lucky guy. So to me, that energy of taking that moment and, and thinking about it kind of puts me at peace. It's, a, it's very calming to, uh, to feel gratitude. Um, it's a relaxing type of um, experience to think about what you have. So I, um, I actually enjoy when I'm reminded of it. And mm -hmm. I feel like this whole campaign that I'm involved in with other comedian friends of mine is just, it's like I said, it's a spin on the, what we normally do, which is like, mm -hmm. you know, attack, speak out, insult, say crazy, outrageous mm -hmm. things. But it's good for us. It's good for us to actually have a moment where we go, you know, it, we've had a great, a great life. We have a great thing going on and we appreciate it. Mm. So that's the energy of it. It's, yeah. it's about like, you know, tapping a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, a family member on the shoulder. You crack open a Sam Adams or two. You say, here's why I appreciate you. And uh, you just have a you have a toast, you know. It, it it feels great. It feels great to express it. Um, I think it feels great for the people that hear you say it. They, a lot of times they're stunned that um, you're telling them, but in the best way. So I would say don't overthink it. If you if you want to participate, um, a lot of times people get nervous. Oh, I'm not, you know, that articulate, or I don't have it all well written. You don't have to. It's about the sentiment um, and mm -hmm. people pick up on it being genuine. Yeah, I love what you said. And this is what I want to say to all of our listeners. Think about, you know, think about here what Tom just said. Think about picking up the phone uh, and just calling someone and saying, you know what, here's to you. Here's to you. Here's how much I appreciate you. I mean, think about that. Somebody in the office, somebody on the street, somebody that you may not think about. But just those few words can be pivotal in somebody's life. And I think that's what, you know, that's what Samuel Adams, that's what this campaign's about. And, and that's what it is. It's really shifting energetically to a place that is so deeply embedded in the natural states of who we are. Don't you think that, Tom? I definitely think so, yeah. And I think that you will, if you actually take the time, and it's not a lot of time to just do this, Mm -hmm. You'll enjoy the way it makes you feel to express that gratitude, mm -hmm. you know, and to tell somebody, hey, even if, if it's as simple as like, I really appreciate you, man, like you uh, appreciate what you do for me at work or here in the neighborhood or here at home. It's uh, It feels good. It feels good to say it. 
Yeah, most Americans actually feel that people don't express their appreciation for others as often as they should. But there's a reason for it, because another two thirds admit that, that they have trouble to do in this. You know, this is something that it would be so important if we could groom, you know, the generation to come on that practice on how to do that. Um, what is the best way for folks to do you have a website to give us uh, to give us today? Yeah, if you want to get like in, involved in this whole thing, the easiest thing to do is go to samueladams.com. Uh, they, you know, they came up with the whole idea, mm. and you can get inspired there. And I promise, it, it your anticipation of it feeling awkward is worse than the reality of it. It doesn't actually feel awkward when you do it. It's always like those you know, your, your feelings about what it might be like, but it actually, it feels great when you do it. Well, and you know, look, we all know how busy you are. What do you, what do you got on your radar? What do you have coming up for you? Um, I am touring constantly. I just shot a special, another special for Netflix on Saturday. So that'll come out in a few months and I'm on the road and I'm producing and hosting a bunch of podcasts, which are on YouTube and, downloadable everywhere podcasts are um and yeah that's got me very busy yeah a lot for uh, a lot for you to feel some gratitude for right absolutely absolutely yeah very very lucky guy uh look a lot of things here we've talked about anything else we leave out what would you like to leave us with today i would just like to tell you that it's um it's i know it, it can sound intimidating or just uncomfortable the idea of doing it but i promise you uh the people who do it they feel so good when they do it so grab the sam adams raise a glass toast somebody tell them uh that that they mean something to you and uh, like i said if you want a little more inspiration go to samueladams.com it's their idea i think it's a great one and i think you'll enjoy participating I love it. I want to say to our listeners, in the spirit of this, from now to the end of the year, sometimes where we think longer term, it doesn't seem feasible. But think about every day, picking up the phone or sending a message to someone, clearly showing your appreciation too. And I know that for you all, once you do that, you will get a deeper sense of the appreciation for your own life. I'm Dr. Pat. Uh, thank you all for tuning us in. Uh, we'll stay tuned. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. If you haven't been practicing active listening or not getting into some bad habits, it's a good idea to go back to the basics and remind yourself how to be a good listener. Here's an idea that might help. When your child comes to you with a story about her day, set aside whatever you're doing and give her your full attention. If you're in the middle of something that can't be put aside, tell her that you really want to be able to give her story your full attention and ask if you could continue the conversation at a specific time. So for example, this sounds like an important story and I'd really like to give it my full attention. Can we talk about it in 10 minutes when supper's in the oven? Active listening might sound like common sense, but often it's these simple skills that get buried in our parenting pack and easily forgotten or overlooked. Challenge yourself to practice this skill for a full week and see if you notice a difference in how much your child is sharing. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. 
Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about living lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Hi, I'm Laura Meeks, and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play. This is why I created Fly High Living. I help you develop a balanced life plan and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning. Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Hey, everybody. I love these good news segments. Brett Faniff is joining us here today, Managing Director of the Mayflower Autonomous Ship. And what does that mean, Mayflower Autonomous Ship? Well, here's what I want you to know. When we think about this, what do you think about? Do you think about the ocean? Do you think about the voyage? Do you think about celebration? What do you think about? Do you think about the ship? that can cross the Atlantic. Do you think about the one that did? Well, I would like you to think about the one that will. And Brett's going to talk to us about this. Hey, Brett, it's great to have you here today. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. So, you know, let's tell folks a little bit about what this is, because, you know, we can all imagine the ship that was. (laughs) Sure. But let's talk about this ship that will be and where the idea came from. Well, the, the Mayflower Autonomous ship is sort of exactly like what it sounds. It's, a, it's an unmanned vessel that's designed to do research at sea and cross the Atlantic mm. in commemoration of the 400th anniversary of the original Mayflower crossing. Uh, and there aren't any people on it. It's, it's going to be captained by an AI, an artificial intelligence that we're building together with IBM. And, uh, the idea, I guess, the genesis of the idea was in a discussion with sort of the city of Plymouth, uh, different people there. They were thinking about building a replica, but there already is one in Plymouth in the in the United States. Not And so I said, well, look, you know, maybe instead of uh, building another replica, let's let's be inspired by the heritage. Let's be inspired by the Pilgrim's Voyage, that arduous voyage, that that new beginning that really took a tremendous amount of grit to to jump off into an unknown like that. Let's let's take that leap. Let's have that inspiration and build a completely unmanned vessel that's driven by artificial intelligence, and it can go across the ocean uh, and be a working research laboratory for that technology. But at the same time, it can collect vast amounts of data about our oceans, and uh, that data can be processed into information that's actionable by human scientists. You know, we really need to know more about our oceans. People don't realize how little is truly explored. And using AI and unmanned vessels is a very effective, cost-efficient way to do it. It's a very safe way to do it. And it helps us 
get more data to focus where and when we send out the big manned research vessels so we get the most bang for our buck and we keep people safe in doing it. Well, one of the things I love is we're just starting to get a sense of what AI is about. As a matter of fact, we have our own AI project planned for 2020, AI for the Soul. And it talks about our platform and bringing information. And that's what I want to ask you about, about this. It's looking at these technologies. And by the way, we are going to reach out to IBM as well. Um, But when you think about what you're doing, you you know, this doesn't come, unless you're different than we are, without its challenges and its opportunities. What are some of those? Well, I guess I would start by saying that I think the challenges are the opportunities. Yeah, boy. Um, and, and that's the most important thing we should teach our, our kids and our researchers in the future, right, is do the hard things. Take those challenges. Those are the real opportunities to learn, even if you fail. Um, and I think we don't do enough of that. But uh, from a, a more literal perspective, the biggest challenge is the ocean. That hasn't changed all that much in 400 years. Um, it's still an arduous place to work. Um, we have the luxury of modern materials and modern positioning equipment and modern engines and drive lines and radars and all sorts of things that the original pilgrims could never have envisioned. Um, and, you, you know, it's very hard to put into context how dangerous that voyage was that they made, yeah. how much faith, how much faith it took from a modern perspective. It's, it's almost incalculable. But um the big stuff with the with the with the AI is really sort of interesting. It's IBM all the way through and through. Yeah. I mean, the amount of assistance they're giving us is is just uh, I'm agog at it. They they've just fully embraced the program, and we're using all sorts of great things that they've been developing for years. Like we're using Power AI Vision to sort of train all the models. So we've had dozens of cameras and radars and other devices collecting data uh, in Plymouth Sound in the UK for years. And we're processing that with Power AI Vision, and we're using that as sort of our library of what's a ship, what's a buoy, what's a, and anything you could see at sea that might be a problem. And that all is pushed out to the edge computing, you know, the edge devices, the little cameras and radars on the ship itself that now have embedded microprocessors that are powerful enough to run that model real time and process the incoming data instantly and just send back information to the central processing unit or the, the core computer. So you've got tremendous redundancy, you get tremendous security when you do it that way, and, and you get to reduce your total volume of data into uh, quickly into actionable information, both on the ship itself and then later the same sort of techniques to sort of reduce the data from the research you're doing about the ocean and climate. Um, and then we're using a really funny little thing. We use, well, it's not a little thing at all. It's a thing called Operational Decision Manager, which is really a financial tool, sort of a thing IBM developed that um, looks at financial transactions and, you know, legal transactions. And it sort of likes text-based rules. And it establishes those relationships with you to the rules that you enter textually. And then it runs a sort of an engine that uh, determines if you're operating in accordance with them. And this is really uh, perfectly suited to navigation. Yeah. Because we have rules about navigation. Yeah. The, yeah, the big problem is the ship will follow the rules, but the reason we have rules to begin with is because people tend not to. They tend to be unsafe. So the real wild card in all this stuff is the people the ship will encounter, not because the ship is dangerous, but because people tend to be erratic and curious. And that's fine. That's great as a species. But uh, 
it, it also tends to have uh, sometimes uh, less than satisfactory outcomes where people are injured or die. Um, death by misadventure, right? That's a common oh my thing gosh. here. I mean, we're seeing it left and right all the time. I mean, you know, given the very nature of who we are as human beings, beyond curious is an understatement. And our curiosity goes beyond the rules that we know not to go beyond, but there we go. And you're so right about that. I mean, you know, part of, of our thinking as to what we create we are very mindful of outside sources. So I really appreciate you looking at that from that perspective. Um, this has got to be a, Brett, this, this has got to be a personal project for you because I know when I talk about what we're doing next year and our crowdfunding for it, it's really personal to us, all of us here. So something like this, this has got to be something in your heart. Oh, absolutely. I, I, mean, I grew up on the sea and a, a family of people that were in the Navy and worked on the sea and around the sea. And I grew up going to visit Plymouth and Plymouth Rock and Provincetown and the monuments there and learning about the Mayflower and the Mayflower Compact. And uh, now I live in Plymouth in the UK as an older uh, person. And so I kind of have it bookended on both sides of my life and both sides of the ocean. And then having worked in different jobs throughout my life as an anthropologist, archaeologist, historian, and an oceanographer, an engineer. Now, um, this project pulls together all those sort of geographic and career strands that sometimes you don't have the opportunity for them all to sort of come together and coalesce into something that you can focus your whole attention on. And in this case, it, it has for me, and it's very satisfying. Um, and having a partner like IBM just makes it yeah. all the more satisfying. Yeah. Um, it's got to be something when you think about this, it's got to be when you take a, a closer look, let's say, and you think about what the possibilities are. Do you think that this project will really set the stage for other like projects, right? And the reason I say that is it always takes a first, doesn't it? You know, sure. It always takes a first. Um, and I'm just curious about that, you know, but, um, and, and also people that are listening to this going to, they want to know more, where can they find out more? And then I'd like to hear about the vision about what you're about to do. Where can they go to find more? Well, best place to go would be, uh, just, uh, search for IBM newsroom and that'll come through very nicely. And then you can go to, uh, promare.org, which is P-R-O-M-A-R-E.org, and that's the website of the nonprofit that's uh, funding the construction of the vessel. Wow. There's lots of information there, and on IBM's uh, newsroom page, that's the best source. Wow. And then, yeah, and then for me, it's, it's sort of the vision is, you know, we have an opportunity to reduce costs, reduce risk, increase knowledge, mm -hmm. um, apply new technologies in the best possible way to help us as a species. Yep. And then also um, keep people safer. And once we've trained all this up, once the AI is running, the nice thing about it is it's totally portable, right? You just train one and then they're all trained. So we can put it on any type of vessel in the future. And uh, that kind of thing will help safety immensely. It'll also help with efficiency and logistics. I mean, we see that now with sort of big commercial ships, cruise ships, um, even, you know, cargo ships, their engines are monitored by the company that built them back at the home office. And they use machine learning to optimize them to reduce 
uh, reduce fuel burn, so they get more and more efficient. And you know, on these big ships, a percent yeah. or two means a lot to the environment. So a, I, I a gigantic I see... impact to the environment. I think indeed, absolutely. I, I really do. And, um, and and I we haven't talked about that. And I, these interviews are so short, and I and I'm so glad you brought that up. I want to ask you about this. I mean, what do you see now as you see this come to life? Right? When can we expect it? And what do you see the f- in the future? I'm not going to hold you to it, but I know that when somebody has got something in their heart, there's usually a vision that goes beyond it. And I'd love to know yours. Well, I guess, you know, I, I think the real opportunity here is to inspire people to learn more about technology yeah. and about the world and to sort of destigmatize sort of what really isn't a rational view of AI at all, right? Yeah. It's it's These are tools that are going to have a profound impact on us, but not in the way you hear Often, they're going to be the things that save us. They're not the things that hurt us. These are the things we use, we've built as people that we should be proud of that will help us understand ourselves and our world better. And if we, if we ignore this, then we do so at our peril. But the sort of overarching vision, you know, I, I, I love to see sort of the whole supply chain end to end, sort of where we produce goods, how we move goods on shore, or is it going to the right port, to the right ship, to the right place in the right weather with the right fuel, the right back end distribution? Are we collecting data all the way through while we're doing that? Can we reduce waste? Can we reduce transshipping? Can we reduce paperwork, right? Why do we need a bill of lading anymore when we have blockchain, right? We should be able to put these sort of almost global seamless systems together that facilitate the movement of goods and people and ideas, right? That should inure to our common heritage more than anything else. So I, I find AI to be quite democratizing mm. and I think it's how we're going to win the future as a species and get along. Yeah. It's not something about which we should be afraid. I think if you ever come back, we can do a sh- whole show and you can bring your IBM partners and we can do a whole show on blockchain. Okay. Well, I know. Well, you reached the limit of my knowledge on that. We'll definitely have to bring, bring, bring IBM the IBM folks because <laughs> th- th- this blockchain. Let's just say blockchain is one of the catchiest words out there and one of the least known words. More people use the word blockchain and have no idea what it is. As a matter of fact, I was walking down the street the other day and I saw a kid. Now I have a funny feeling this kid knew what it was, and on his T-shirt was blockchain with this interesting, really cool graphic. And I thought, man, I got to get up to speed. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that way all the time. Yeah, me too. Uh, But look at you, though. You're really out ahead of the curve here. Uh, Brett, I want to ask you one last thing. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with? And please give that website again. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. And the website would be just search for IBM Newsroom. And then also promare.org, P-R-O-M-A-R-E.org. And then uh, what's my personal message? Well, mine would be a happy Thanksgiving to all. And uh, don't be afraid. The future is going to be better. And we're going to get there by implementing technology to help us all. Wow. Thank you so much. And for those of you out there, um, this is something you want to keep your eye on because it is innovative at more levels than we had time to even talk about today. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.